0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he lifts the pilot. What it goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Al Duri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Al Duri. I'm your host, covering everything sport international and local how's everyone feeling today on this saturday afternoon i know in this part of the world a lot of people enjoy the rain i for one don't (laughs) and getting into work today the roads are filled so please guys be safe um it's very very dangerous out there wherever you are in the uae please please drive safe now my question for you today who's the best coach in the world could be any sport I'm going to go into football and dive into that and ask you if it's Pep Guardiola, if it's Jurgen Klopp, Jose Mourinho, Alex Ferguson or Arsene Wenger. In one of the segments, I will be highlighting who is the best coach in the world and why I think this person is not being considered as the best coach by fans. I'm also diving into salaries and sports and should expectancy from fans be more based on how much an athlete earns? Hmm food for thought, huh? We'll throw some numbers at you and see what you think. A report came out on all the athletes and what they earn in 2019. Who do you think are the top three athletes who get paid the most? Text us on 4215 ittasalat or do or slide into our DMs on Instagram at omalduri or Pulse95 Radio. All this and more on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. Pulse95. Oh, he loves this is the Halftime Show with Omar al on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. It's time. It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international, local, wherever you are around the world and you're tuned in. Much love to you. We've got Shekha, Debo, Maria, Hani, You all uh, are amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in from the US, from the UAE and from the UK. I appreciate you guys. And we're talking about today, who is the best coach in the world and what are your opinions on the person I'm going to be mentioning now? Now, when we hear about coaches normally, we hear about the common names. But for me, I'm trying to raise a different argument here and I want to get your thoughts on it. Does he have to coach in the top five leagues in the world to be the best manager in the world? When I do open up the discussion, who immediately comes to mind? Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, Jose Mourinho, Johan Cruyff. A bunch of names I've thrown at you now. Now, let me throw this name at you. Marcelo Bielsa, otherwise known as El Loco. Who? Where is he currently? Leeds United. Where is that? In the championship in England and what does his peers say about him Pep Guardiola says my admiration for Marcelo Bielsa is huge because he makes the players much much better still I didn't meet one guy a former player from him who speaks no good of him they are grateful about his influence on their careers in football he helped me a lot with his advice and whenever I speak with him I always feel like he wants to help me he is the best coach in the world and that's coming from Pep." Guardiola right so that's there Johan Cruyff bless his soul says Marcello Bielsa's Chile played the most attractive football in the World Cup 2010 that tells you something else and that's Johan Cruyff seen by most as the educator in football Diego Simeone of Atletico Madrid says I have the influence of several coaches Bielsa Eriksson, Basile they have all left a mark Bielsa taught me the most Maurizio Pochettino, he's like my football father. We are a generation of coaches that were in his disciples. How he feels football, the passion he has of football, and I think we all take that from him. Now, you're hearing these from some of the best coaches in the world. I'll tell you a funny story about uh, Maurizio Pochettino. When he was 13, Bielsa tried to sign him, and he actually went over to his house, his family's house, knocked on the door at 2 a.m., and actually asked his parents if he could go upstairs and have a look at Pochettino's legs. Yes, that's right, legs. And the reason why he said that was because he wanted to see if he was fit enough to represent him and run the Bielsa way. So that gives you another food for thought of what kind of man this is. Now in a sport full of hidden agendas, Marcelo Bielsa appears to be a man of values and ethics in how he conducts himself as a coach, a mentor and an educator. Now when Pep says he's the best, it begs the question to reflect on what success is. Has Bielsa been at Barcelona, Real Madrid or Bayern Munich? No. But has he done so much work behind the scenes to allow football to mechanically function in the coaching world? Now when I think of coaches who like an orchestra played a tune which flowed in a way you couldn't ignore him. There's certain people I think about, Arrigo Sacchi at Milan, Johan Cruyff from Barcelona. But I often get asked in conversation, who's your favourite? And my answer gets a hmm or a ah, when I say Bielsa. Where is he? He's at Leeds United. Why is he at Leeds United? So, why is someone so great in a division that isn't aired all around the world, televised? Because it's a project and sometimes he can develop characters as well as footballers. Upon arriving, he had researched the city, the culture and the people of Leeds. On his first week, he made the players go litter picking to install the values of who who you are and where you're from and what city you're playing for, making them clean parts of Leeds to show they're all on the same level. This was also to appreciate how much fans Due to afford paying for their tickets now he has developed 10 youth players into the first team squad in just one season and also missed out on promotion due to one point the same season he allowed the other team to score earn a draw after Leeds scored with a player down and won an award from FIFA. Now that's remarkable. He also is called El Loco because he has a certain way of thinking. He believes there's 8 ways to cross a football, 11 ways to shoot on goal, 17 ways of defending, and 36 ways to pass the ball. And that tells you a lot about him. At the age of 25, he started coaching a university, which he scouted 3,000 players before selecting his squad of 20. And his response is remarkable, obsessive maybe to an extent, we're going to be talking about Martial Obiosa a little bit more later, I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of questions coming in and why he's so special um, we've got the Adan coming up and as soon as that kicks off then I will be back with a lot more today on the only place to be at 3, the Halftime Show and shout out to everyone who's tuned in, uh, Mikey Corey um, Fit Me, you know you name it thank you so much for tuning in and of course Noura you're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire and What the goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar al on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Uh, oh, let's get ready to rumble. Salaam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, guys, if you are in the UAE, please drive safe. Uh, the roads are really really dangerous at the moment people ask me how did I get into the studio? <sighs> Only God knows Alhamdulillah, but yeah, we're here now and we are kicking We have a great show if you're missing out uh, If you missed out on segment one, we spoke a little bit about Marcello Bielsa in my opinion the best coach in the world But who do you think is the best coach in the world? Text us on 4215 lot or do or slide into the DMs on Instagram at Omar Alduri or pulse95 radio and let me know who is the best coach in the world now if you're just tuning in and want to catch up on any of our shows don't worry guys you can find us on apple podcast and soundcloud just type in the halftime show with omar Aldouri and we are there we have some fantastic guests covering some great topics such as mental health uh, strength and conditioning uh, what nutrition is good for the gut and also a bunch of fantastic superstar guests now with social media and the modern game Sports reveals a lot of information when it comes to profiles, the way they live their lives and how much they earn. But the question to the listeners is, when you hear how much your favorite athlete in any sport earns, does that change the level of expectation as a fan on the athlete or do you believe it has nothing to do with it? Now, when you do think of top earners in sport, it's very interesting that a lot of people kind of say the same names, you know, your Messi's, your Ronaldo's, your Neymar's, But it's not just football. I'm just surprised that with football, most of the people in football earn the most. And does that then set the bar high for expectation as a fan? Ironically, the top three athletes in the world, according to Forbes, earn the most money come from the same sport. And that is football. Lionel Messi, um, Cristiano Ronaldo and then Neymar, surprisingly. And... They get paid well. Messi gets paid 127 million dollars, compared to Cristiano Ronaldo's 109 million dollars, which is eh, just a little bit more. Um, Neymar 105 million dollars, uh, and with their salary and their winnings, what are they getting? So, Messi's 92 million, Cristiano Ronaldo's 65, and surprisingly, Neymar earns more in salary winnings than Cristiano Ronaldo at 75 million. Now. With football, we know that's not just it. There's also a part where it's called endorsements, and that comes massively on image rights and obviously what the player stands for. Cristiano Ronaldo earns the most in endorsements out of the three with 44 million, followed by Lionel Messi, 35, and then Neymar. But now we're talking about the top three. Let's dive into, let's say, the top 10. Any guesses, four to 10, who that could be and from which sport? Well, let me tell you. Canelo Alvarez is in at four. Roger Federer uh, in tennis is in at five. Russell Wilson in American football is in at six. Aaron Rodgers, also from American football, is in at seven. LeBron James is only eighth. Now, when I say he's only eighth, don't worry, guys. He's still being looked after. He gets paid $89 million, $36 million in salary winnings, 53 million in endorsements, which is more than the top three, uh, and that's not bad. But up beneath him is Steph Curry uh, with 79 million, and Kevin Durant at number 10. So it's funny that when you think about auto racing, like someone like Lewis Hamilton, he's not he's on at 13th. Tiger Woods is in at 11th. Anthony Joshua is in at 13th. Uh, Novak Djokovic in at 17, and James Harden in at 20. What do you think about that? Any surprises there with who's earning the most? And does it change the expectation level of how good they should be at the top of their game if they're being, you know, paid that much? Often we always hear, for example, in football, Mesut Ozil gets paid £350,000 a week, but he's not worth it. He doesn't run down enough. When I told you these list of players and the earnings, does that change your opinion? No surprise on the top three. Actually, maybe Neymar. I would have imagined Messi and Ronaldo to be there. But I thought maybe LeBron James would have been higher. But that's just my idea. Text us on 4215, it's a slot or do, or slide into the DMs at Instagram or Omalduri and tell me um, who you think deserves to be the top paid athlete in the world and whether that changes your opinion on their ability. Guys, more to come on the only place to be at three, the halftime show with me on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Oh, he left the car. This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh! Better than nice! Whoa. Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. And if you're just tuning in and wondering what we were talking about today, we had a few really, really good questions posed. The first question, who is the best coach in the world from any sport you can think of? Text us on 4215, at the salat or do. And the second question was, when you think of the most, let's say, the highest paid athletes in the world, who do you think of? And does that change the expectancy level as a fan of those people? And speaking about fans... The UAE um, Arabian Gulf Cup was happening and Shabab Al-Ahli was spot on in the Arabian Gulf Cup. Al-Jazeera defeated on penalties in semi-final. Um, Al-Jazeera lost on penalties to Shabab Al-Ahli in the Arabian Gulf Cup semi-final following a 2-2 draw at the Mohammed bin Zayed Stadium in the UAE capital on Friday. But for me, you know, when it comes down to uh the uae and the involvement we've spoken to the ceo uh often on the show there's a lot going on behind the scenes of evolution and development and trying to really raise the uae game uh the rain obviously had kicked off uh, i'd say lightly yesterday but it got worse as we got through the night and um mohammed marzougi gave the visit a deserved lead on the half hour mark but Jazeera came roaring back in the second half and leveled through a tremendous finish from the in-form Amar Abdurrahman. And with Amar Abdurrahman comes, you know, not just a footballer, but a character and a personality that is very well known. It's a household name in the UAE. Um, And that's something that, you know, with pressure, it's very impressive when he rises to the top of his game. You know, the home side took the lead when Yusuf Jabir put the ball in his own net. But the advantage was short-lived as Kartabia, as I can say that right, made no mistake from the penalty spot within 10 minutes of normal time to go. Um, Interesting when it comes to the Middle East, how they adapt to conditions and the rain might be common in Europe but not over here and the the rain began to pour like as both teams went searching in vain for a late winner but with no extra time, the match went straight to spot kicks and Al-Shabaab prevailed 4-2 and booked their place in the final. Now. I don't know, how how do you guys feel about the UAE league and and, and the way it's kind of, let's say, evolving? Um, I'm very impressed. I actually like the fact that we've got, you know, teams that are now attracting not your average player that's probably past their 30s and coming to the UAE. Now, with the rise of the way the UAE is evolving as a nation and also as a football football place, it's really good to see, you know... um, evolvement and development in in the region. For me, I'd like to see more UAE players, especially the young ones, you know, um, move to Europe and and get the experience and the education of playing with fantastic players, different styles, different ideas when it comes to coaches, and that would see us come a long way. And that's, you know, something I really, really want to see more of, especially Uh, in the UAE because I know Omar Abdurrahman could've, you know, um, he could have been, he could've gone to Man City, um, but he was on trial and there was a lot of complications. I'd like to see, you know, a lot more. And that's something that hopefully, hopefully we will see um, in the future as it's something, it's about time, I think. It's only, it's, it's only right we actually see the development and the involvement of our youth, which will then give us more of a chance of being in the World Cup. And that's just my opinion. But let me know what you think. Text us on 4215 at the Salat do or slide into the DMs um on Omar Durian Pulse 95 Radio. More coming up next after the break, folks. Stay tuned on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Oh, he left it! The- this is the Halftime Show with Omar duri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! What? It's time! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar al duri I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. What a day! <laughs> <laughs> what a day it's been. I'm um, getting a few messages uh, on the Instagram and on the SMS. Um, shout out to Maria. Happy anniversary. Shout out to uh, L-E-I-L-A-C-C. Lyle, I think it is. Um, Ali Khalid, Man, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, some interesting uh, stats, actually, and a few people were raising. They're asking me. To to like where did Marcelo Bielsa start his career? Um, very good question. Uh, at the age of 25, he started coaching a university team, and uh, upon which, like he started scouting like 3,000 players before selecting his squad of 20, um, which is phenomenal. And he was successful with Newell' Boys Club and, um, and Argentina and Chile, and despite winning gold with Argentina and reaching. Uh, the Europa and Copa finals with Atletico um, Europe began to take note of his philosophy and his style and his identity as a coach Um, he's had his controversial moments as well, in Lazio he was there for two days um, which is very surreal, very strange, something must have happened behind the scenes Um, and in Lille he only lasted 13 games and there was some controversy, uh, as they called it Spygate in the british media which came out when there were allegations that bielsa had sent someone to spy on their opponent's derby before their match um and that then, uh, at that time frank lampard was was manager of derby uh, and his response to the allegations was uh was quite incredible he held a press conference where he broke down his opposition tactically in front of the whole world ahead of their match claiming this is what wins you games not spying He didn't deny he wasn't spying he just said that i'm gonna hold a whole press conference and exactly break down the ins and outs of our opponents uh the weekend before the game which was again what a what a guy um he said he's been studying opposition since 1997 when he requested the software to save and record clips of opposition and this kind of revolutionized the way opposition analysis would be broken down for team meetings tactical sessions and seminars um, some, like I said, may call it obsessive academic uh, approach. I think it's genius. Uh, he broke down every formation and every approach by every team in the championship, which won him the job to get the Leeds, uh, you know, spot uh, as manager of Leeds. And again, I, always, I, I go back to saying, with all due respect to Leeds, they don't often televise. <laughs> you know, leads all around the world. You know, sometimes we don't even catch cup games for our favorite teams, let alone a team in the championship um, in England. So for him to pick this, there's truly unique. Um, and just the small things he does, you know, he was approached by kids with a sticker book to sign. He took it off them and told them to meet him the next day and he got all the players to sign the, the sticker book. And for those that grew up to sticker sticker books, like sports sticker books, You try and collect it, try and finish the book before the season would finish. And you'd often swap with your friends. And very, very, uh, very important part of our childhood, you know, as kids at school. Um, I think he'll be appreciated for what he's done in football probably after he retires from the game. uh, From fans, but from coaches, everyone knows he's a huge part of the educational system. And and that's basically my intake on, on why I believe, in my opinion... Uh, He is the best coach in the world. And if you have people like Pep Guardiola, Simeone, Pochettino, uh, you know, waxing lyrical about this man, then he has a reason to do that. Um, And guys, you know, I can't believe it. It has reached full time on the halftime show. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday. And Saturday, 3 to 4. And also, if you have missed our show for any reason, remember you can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just type in the Halftime Show and we are there. Um, this week is going to be a big week for sports. i already highlighted the game of zones as Tottenham meet Liverpool. Um, there's also a lot going on in uh, tennis as well as the final is happening as we speak, I think. And tomorrow, the Super Cup... Um, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid will meet in the final. So guys, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day. Stay blessed. On Only Place to Be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.